0: Welcome to Happy Times and Places. This is the bit where I explain what this podcast is all about. But frankly, if you're halfway through a 12-episode story and you don't know, then I'm not sure I should be helping you. But it's a commentary podcast, basically.
1: Hello. I'm Ian McLaughlin. And I was delighted when I found the Dalek Master Plan was still available to talk about.
0: Well, welcome everybody. We're halfway through. This is, well, we will be when we finish this. Uh, The Dalek's Master Plan. For many years, the, and when I was a time tot, the longest Doctor Who story. Uh, When I was, you know, when Doctor Who came into my uh, sphere of understanding, it was ultimately trounced by Trial of a Time Lord, unless you count that as four different ones and you can do whatever you like. Um, I sort of think of trial as, as the four separate stories, really, because the trial is a sort of framing device. But it is, strictly speaking, one story. Um, you know, it has 14 episodes, so it doesn't matter, does it? No, no, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Although, of course, it matters a great deal, and we judge people by whether they think the same as us. I do double think I, I see the trial of a Time Lord in two different ways, but, strictly speaking, it is longer than the Daleks must man And we've just had flux which although it is only six episodes its running time is such that i think somebody worked out in terms of minutes it uh, it actually works out as being as being the longest of all um, so it's all fun doctor Who is an ever evolving thing but for many many years this was the uh, longest there was a period where we went well actually frontier in space and planet of the daleks they're just as long cuz they they're linked so it's it's like but they are two separate stories um, but Yes, there's another sort of, uh, and it's you know it's a twelve-part Dalek epic. Mm, yeah, yeah, sure, because uh, <laughs> the Daleks appear right at the very end of Frontier in Space. Spoilers. Um, anyway, that's a very long and unnecessary introduction. Um, I think I'm, I think I'm uh, slightly worried because, uh, uh, well, let's let's g- get into this episode of Doctor Who. Coronas, coronas of the sun. 24 minutes, 50 seconds long, it says to me, as I'm about to fire up the loose cannon reconstruction. So we're going to start the episode in three, two, one. And here we go. Uh, it'll take a second or so to kick in. And we'll get uh, the moving pictures uh, of the title sequence and then we're to photographs. I am slightly worried about this uh, lovely listener because... I don't really know what happens in this episode. I mean, I've obviously I have heard it and I've watched the recon but not for a very very long time. And uh, I know we're sort of working our way towards the Christmas episode. Uh so we've got to get off the planet Myra, but there's not an awful lot of people in the cast list uh, I seem to recall for this one. Oh, uh, so we've got a bit of moving pictures because we've got we've got the recap from last week. Uh, but that's uh, that's it's actually a, a, a restaging, I think, from listening to the dialogue. So um, the the reconstruction I have has very cleverly uh, synchronised the two, but uh, it's uh, it's a slight compromise because um, because it, it it seems that it would it's likely to have been uh, uh, um, uh, restaged. So this is from an idea by Terry Nation. Now this is interesting. Because um uh, Dennis Spooner is now writing and, and you get the impression that you know I'm afraid the by Dal- dear the Daleks have uh, defeated us one of the first things I learned about the Daleks master plan was that Terry Nation and Dennis Spooner would write impossible cliffhangers for the other one to get out of but actually didn't quite work like that because Terry Nation writes the first five and then Spooner takes over so that the, the, and Terry Nation comes back again but it's not like they were alternating. Um, uh, uh, but it, but anyway, it's quite it's quite a fun idea, isn't it? And that that seems to be one of those moments where nation throws down the gauntlet, and I I like that. I like the the serialized Perils of Pauline kind of thing. Uh, uh, and Doctor Who very very rarely did the Perils of Pauline thing, where um, the following week you saw something that you didn't see in the lead up to the cliffhanger last week uh, that that shows how they escaped. Doctor Who rarely cheats uh the uh the, the the cliffhanger so this is exciting uh i've i've been i've been, I've been looking at uh, um uh that that the, 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 they, they did go into detail working out how to how to show the extermination of the visions and and camfield was given a few options and eventually he sort of says I've, I've i've solved this uh and we and we know that uh uh we, we we know that there was a yeah a, a man called francis willie who uh, who who dressed in a sort of sackcloth and they did something like they overexposed the negative or whatever it was just to give a just to give a, a, a the you know the impression of the invisible creature uh, that is sort of revealed to us at the point of its extermination and it's got these like these these horrible almost um forbidden planet like for b- sort of growling big big uh, no- noises to suggest them as well uh which is all great fun stuff that's all brilliant that's uh, all very lovely 60s doctor who um, jeopardy strange new worlds kind of thing um but that's the end of the visions you see if it, uh, uh, of course we nation gives us the spiradons uh, in the aforementioned planet of the daleks no i no good idea is ever wasted um, but that's nice that you know the, the visions don't really impact the plot all that much um, but they they help give the travelers a chance to escape but what they do do is they give you and, and you suspect it wouldn't have been a hundred percent clear either so you know it's it's having suggestion and the children's imagination would have done the rest I say the children I know there are adults watching as well um so I a couple of things I found out because I was my, my curiosity was piqued um, in episode 3 when we had that scene with zephon and the delegates and I was thinking well have they just put the delegates in the reconstruction um, because w- w- those of us that have investigated the delegates and there is a there is a cabal of us uh, led by the mighty jack Rayner. Um, jim sangster's on it too, bignell mr bignell richard bignell um, simon gerrier there's a there's a few people but, but jack is jack is the chief Jack is the go-to uh, uh, delegates uh, expert um, of reconciling. You know which which are the ones in Mission to the Unknown, which are the ones in Master Plan, and um, we take the evidence from Mission to the Unknown and Episode Two of Master Plan, and uh, the you know the castists for. Um, the the the, 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 the uh, uh, episode 11 but but also then in, in, in episode 8 I think you've got Salation and Trantis um, and Salation is played by Terence Woodfield having been played by an extra Ian East in episode 2 and not being in Mission to the Unknown all that sort of stuff but there they were in episode 3 and I mentioned them and said you know they've, they've used pictures from, from Mission to the Unknown because we don't know what they're like in episode 3 and then I thought well I don't think we've ever really talked about them being in episode three and it's not in Jack's big article on her blog about you know the differences between the delegates in the episodes so I didn't think we'd talk much about the the delegates in episode three and I went back and looked and we don't talk about the delegates being in episode three and they're not mentioned in the cast list of episode three um although actually in Terry Nation's draft script it's really interesting zephon is is said to be played by an extra because Nation goes well all he has to do is get killed so we can have an extra with with the with a bag on his head and we and, and zephon literally just gets shot at the beginning of the episode when donald tosh goes uh, i think this needs to be uh, more than 12 minutes long he you know he ups um, uh, zephon's assholery and gets him to do his sort of like i'm so arrogant i'm going to seal my own fate um, oh, uh, Everybody likes a screaming Dalek. The, oh, the Daleks and. Oh, yeah, so the Visions. The Visions haven't been destroyed. Uh, uh, anyway, sorry, I, I got I got distracted there. Um, I, I'll have to be honest, I don't know what happened there. <laughs> it's really hard um that looked like a dalek had something over its eye um it's yeah sorry it's it's very difficult doing this um to still pictures so i'm i'm trying to distract you with my delicate facts um uh because uh, the cast list for episode three d- um doesn't have a, a delicate in it but it does have zephon in it because zephon is 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 given lines between uh the draft script and the ultimate script we know zephon is in episode three he speaks and he gets killed but he also refers to salation and Bayas. and there is that stage direction that was used in the recon that says the delegates when he says uh, salation and bias uh, are gonna come with me says the the representatives move behind chen so we can assume from that that it's salation and Bayas. now they're not in the cast list as they're not in the cast list um on screen for episode two, but they are credited in the paperwork as being played by various different extras, Ian East, um, uh, Jack Pitt, etc., etc. There are two extras, two female extras, who are the two females that uh, Bores and Garge and Kirkson fight over, and two other extras, MJ Matthews and Jack La White. MJ Matthews plays uh, Chaplin in episode seven. Jack La White's in a few things. He's also in an episode of The Prisoner. Um, and they're down in all the documentation we ever see about this story as criminals. And I think whoever's compiled the lists has gone, well the extras must be extra criminals in boards and guard- on the devil's planet, that makes sense. Except there's no nowhere in any of the script or the paperwork that calls for any background artist criminals. There is a bit in the paperwork that talks for calls for background artist representatives, and it's the scene in which Zephon says Salation and Bayes. Uh, and where the two representatives move behind Chen in order to show that they are now allied with him because they're leaving the sinking ship that is Zephon. So that's got to mean that Jack the White and MJ Matthews played two delegates, probably Salation and Baeus, in episode three of the Daleks' Master Plan. Now, it's a new fact that's completely useless. I think it's. I, this, now, this may have been written up somewhere else, but I don't think it has been. Um, it's usually because we don't have any photos or screen grabs or anything from it anyway, um, but it does give us two extractors, both of whom are dead, so we can't ask them who have played representatives, uh, and it's just another piece to the representative slash delegate jigsaw. Albeit it's a it's a piece of sky uh, or or land, or you know, it's not an edge piece. It's a piece in the middle of a, of a great bit that's all the same colour because uh, we, we, we can't really do anything with it until we've got the rest of the picture. But there we are. Um, oh, he's so good. Kevin Stoney telling the Daleks off, you have the audacity to accuse me of incompetence. Oh, and I love the way that the Daleks are... He unsettles the Daleks with his confidence. and And... That, that, that and and they've got they, they've got a tenuous grip on command here, and actually that really works because it doesn't undermine them. Because as they yell th- and sort of slightly lose control, they are scary. Um, b- but but it, it really helps to consolidate Mavic Chen as not just some other Dalek sidekick. Um, although actually up until this point there hadn't been many of those, but we've seen we've seen many since. I still think Mavic Chen is is the greatest of them all. Um, but also it shows us another side of the daleks the sort of panicky slightly discombobulated daleks but not at the expense of them being a potent threat at all in fact as i say it makes them slightly you know it makes them scary in a in a a different way but it's an interesting new dynamic and i like that a lot um so yes anyway that delegate fact i hope you liked uh that. Oh, and George Pollock, who I mentioned uh, last week, who gets a credit for special photographic transparencies. Um, I was looking at some of the paperwork and he's, he's and they described him as Sir George Pollock. And yeah, he was head of the Royal Photographic Society. So he's, uh, he's one of the few knights of the realm to have been, uh, well, it, uh, but I think it was a hereditary title anyway, but he's a knight, he's a sir. He's one of the, let's say, that. he's one of the few sirs to have got a credit uh, on Doctor Who and certainly... The first, um, was, uh, yeah, certainly the first, um, but not the first person decorated in the New Year's honours, as I think I've mentioned already, uh, the, the, the first Doctor Who person with, I think it's an MBE, is somebody who will, will not occur to you and will surprise you, and, uh, I mentioned that, um, well, why do I? Because actually I'm, I'm recording this from a house uh, of somebody who has recently been given an MBE. And I'm as pleased as punch that my partner, Chez, uh, was named an MBE in the New Year's Honours list. Oh, that's just choked me up a little bit. Um, but anyway, I, that's not why I mentioned Sir George Pollock and that's not why I went into that. But I'm not going to allow the moment to pass without acknowledging my dearly beloved MBE. <laughs> um uh, but yeah, George Pollock uh, was, uh, and uh, I, then I looked him up. He only died in 2016. So one, he should have been in my 2016 in memoriam. And two, ah, we could have talked to him about it. I'm sure he did loads of photographic things. But anyway, he was around uh, and he was an illustrious man. Uh, and his, he was a name hiding in plain sight on the credits of an existing episode of Doctor Who. And uh, I certainly didn't think to write to him, did you? Bignall might have done, but uh, I don't. he's never mentioned that he did. So um you know there's there's I I just assumed I didn't know what I assumed I assumed he was somebody we wouldn't know and actually he was really famous uh, and around and probably very easy to get hold of uh so there we go um now this is the, there's the, you're starting to get a nice dynamic now between this is a tardis crew isn't it um Sarah's brilliant I think I think Jean Marsh is fabulous um especially now that she's thawed a little bit and, and and is part of the team rather than scary which which was a great introduction scary space agent sarah kingdom um but but they do they do feel like a a, a team even though as i say I, I i doubt sarah's um credentials as a companion um because she's you know she's a guest actor in one story um but it's sort of what we were told and it's it's what stuck uh, in the same way that the titles for the first three stories um uh have have stuck and i i am very much for calling edge of destruction edge of destruction and inside not inside the spaceship because it's what i know and what i'm used to and i don't care what it says on a bit of paper anywhere uh, so you know sarah was written up as a companion in the radio times 20th anniversary special and in doctor who a celebration Uh, and so you know it it would it would seem a bit uh unnecessarily iconoclastic dick to 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 set up camp on that hill and shoot anybody who who tries to ascend it uh she is on the list of companions um So the, there's a yeah they're on a they're on a spaceship. Um, poor old, so. Uh, uh, Stephen is unconscious. It's, it, voices are a bit odd in this, aren't they? It, yeah. So it's. It's, it's very chasey now, isn't it? They've So they've left Myra, and it's, it's pretty much we're having a chase through time and space with uh, this very interesting character. And, and yeah, okay, so he's talking about trying them and finding them guilty. So we still have that very potent threat that not only is Marvik Chen this rather cool customer who undermines the Daleks, he's a very powerful man. Uh, and, and and that and, and, and that whole um you know, Chen still having a position of power on Earth and still having influence on Earth, uh, ups the sort of fugitive nature of of our heroes, uh which which you know, adds adds to the jeopardy. Not only are they cut off from the TARDIS, somewhere where we would think of safe, which is Earth and Earth authority, is also cut off from them. So so, you know, having Sarah as a mate is, is not particularly uh Uh, Helpful at this stage. I'm sorry I was interrupted there, so if there's a slight kink in the sink. um, Oh, I quite like that. uh, Apologies. I don't think there is. I think I've lined it up uh, properly, Um, but it did give me a chance to check. That bit I got confused over the bit with the Dalek with dirt on its eye. Yes, that was done by the the TARDIS crew. The Visions were uh, dead when I said that they were dead. Uh, uh, so it's a series of sort of face-offs. This it's a, it's a lot of oh that you know the Daleks will exterminate us, but they can't because we have the Terranium. The Daleks have the problem that they that the Terranium is irreplaceable. That's great. I love the idea that it's taken 50 years to get the Terranium together because it means it's. Its, its value is not just in the fact that it's the MacGuffin and it's the it's the thing that they need to operate the time destructor. It's that it has to remain intact. Um, so that it's not just a value that they need it off the doctor, preferably, you know, de- dead or alive, preferably dead. But in the, their act of destroying the doctor, they cannot destroy the terranium. Um, and. Uh, And also the the idea of 50 years is nice because, it again, it just widens the scope. Not only do we have the Earth and the Earth government and the 12 galaxies, which all... Add to the verisimilitude, but but there's there's been f- 50 years of time have passed to get us to this point. So the 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 story, the the plot, the Daleks' plan cannot afford another 50 years, And because we're now chasing around the galaxy. You know, to a story that is told on a big canvas is now dependent on you know small moments and and speed and a race against time. Um, but against a setting where a lot of time has passed and a lot of work has gone into getting us to the point that we're at. And I think that's great. Um, So, but this is where it starts to get a trickier proposition as a, as a viewer and a listener now because that this wide story has now very much been condensed into, you know, face-offs between Chen and the Daleks, who are all magnificent, and the TARDIS crew, who are all magnificent. But... Uh, uh, I, I I do feel Doctor benefits when you are introduced to new characters. Um, the Doctor is almost the Doctor has to be the most interesting person in the room, um, but but um, the the interest we get from the fact that the Doctor has adventures in different places is the the people that we meet. Um, the Doctor is is an interesting hero in that the doctor has intellect and quirkiness and unpredictability um and and a certain unknowability so therefore we don't necessarily see from the doctor's point of view which is very very interesting um but it does mean i think we need to hang our our wants and our desires uh, on, on on each particular adventure, on the on the on the on the on the people that we meet, the new characters that we encounter, uh, and, and worry for because we know they not might not make it, make it out alive if their good goodies, or that uh, they might be undefeatable if they're if they is Um But this is this is this episode is a series of of confrontations, and Stephen has to do the, this bit, doesn't he, where he's. Uh, it's this, uh, this very complicated scene of uh, of um, of Stephen coming out of the ship um, uh, with the Terranium and facing off against the Daleks and Chen. Uh, it's not complicated as a scene in Dock 2. It's complicated as a scene for which we don't have any telesnaps. Uh, uh, for a story for which we don't have any telesnaps um, has been staged really well in the loose cannon uh, reconstruction. So well done to them. I'm really getting a feel for it and and it's 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 a sort of repeat of the scene we had at the beginning where the daleks are facing the doctor saying you know give us the thing and him going well I'm not going to give it to you but now they have a trick up their sleeve and poor old Stephen's having to bear the brunt of it he's surrounded by a force field isn't he and he's struggling uh, to speak uh, and I think he says later I don't I don't really know what what happened there uh um Oh, they've really made that a big moment, have they? Haven't they? Where uh, where Sarah spits at Chen, you're a traitor, and and there's a big musical sting. And in the reconstruction, there's a close-up on him, you know, uh, a still photo of Chen. But it was a long enough uh, refrain that uh, you suspect there was a lot of acting going on there from Kevin Stony. But marvelous acting. Uh, but the, the the story is so invested in the character of Chen. He is so important to this adventure um he's you know he's he's you know i mean if if, if sarah is a, a a companion then chen is a recurring villain um he is i've got a feeling kevin stoney actually gets better billing in the radio times um uh and deservedly so, he's, he's so good. So he gives Chen the terrarium, but it's the fake terrarium, isn't it? It's the old Keys of Marinus trick. Is uh, We're giving you the thing that we, you want, but actually it's a pretend version of it. Um, so Chen examines the core, and. Oh, he nearly fluffed his line there. So, so, uh, and, and this is, you know, if you're watching at home, you d- definitely think Stephen's toast here um steven's toast <laughs> uh, i can hear you dalek fandango <laughs> if you don't know what i'm talking about then you have some joy to come if you avail yourself of toast of london slash it's now toast of tinseltown i haven't seen any of the new series but he's called Stephen toast <laughs> oh kevin stoney he knows how to do over the top well uh, very good, um, and and this is this is clever because um, we've had a bit of sort of sci-fi guff, you know, for whatever the 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 force fields enabled Stephen to survive, and they've given them the fake terranium, but they cover that very nicely here. But but also going, and we can never do this again. Uh, this is too risky and far too hard, and next time you do it, you'll die. But for whatever you ca- you can't be watching at home and go. Well, next time that the Daleks come across them, they can just do the whole force field fake terranium thing again and they go, No, no. We we got away with that and we got away with it by the skin of our teeth and we can never do it again. So next time and there's a there's a confrontation between us and the Daleks, we're gonna have to do something else. Um, and that's that's very nicely done. That's very nicely pulled off because because I really you, you really do feel that every time they're getting away with it, it's an act of desperation and this is the last, you know, this is the the, 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 cat, the, the cat's, uh, nine lives are, 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 are dwindling. Um, and when he's, he's, this yes, because he, because he is quite, strict. if you don't like it, you can get out, says, uh, says, says the doctor. It, it's quite a, t- a, t- a tense dynamic between them all, um. Oh, we've landed uh, in a in a in an unwise Christmas special. So we're gonna we. So there's a there's a sort of false cliffhanger, really, which isn't which 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 isn't really resolved next week. That's Dennis Spooner. So this is a bit where Dennis Spooner. It would be extremely dangerous. The whole atmosphere is entirely poisonous. And then it turns out. They're in Liverpool. <laughs> so put your, put your own punchline there. Hello, Liverpudlian listeners. I like Liverpool very much. Robert um, uh, you always used to be top Dalek, and he's bottom now. I wonder if it's because they're rotating them or because he pissed somebody off. Because <laughs> um, uh, that that's not in alphabetical order, is it? Um, I, I wonder if they just said, can you mix it up a bit? Because uh, Anyway, um, only I care about such things. Uh... Uh, 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 so I've got to choose a favourite thing. Um, yeah, very interesting. We're going into the Christmas special, ho, ho, ho. Um, and I plan to do this on Christmas Day. For the record, I'm recording this on the sixth of January, so I'm I'm a little bit uh, later than best laid plans of mice and me so uh, what is my favorite so that's Dennis Spooner is now writing Dalek's master plan although Terry Nation will be back next week with um, because of course as we know he was a comedy writer for Tony Hancock before he got the Doctor Who gig and we will see next week some evidence of the sort of comedy that Terry Nation was well known for uh, and <laughs> but before we have the feast of Stephen um oh and very interesting in the uh, those draft scripts i was looking at where where um it's vicky is doing katarina's bit but he knows he knows that it's not vicky but he hasn't bothered he hasn't bothered to find out the name of the new chick uh and basically when when vicky does the does the, you know presses the button that sucks her and kirks and off into space um uh, it just goes um, Doctor Who, and then it just open brackets. Um, do a speech here about how the, the, she, uh, this companion, wanted to be the daughter of the gods. You all have worked it out, you know whatever it is you've worked out for this character, you you'd stick it in there. <laughs> so you know the bit that requires a bit of writing, a bit of pathos, you, you could do that because I'm, I'm really, I don't really know, do I? I'm just, uh, I'm just, just bugging you this. <laughs> um. So, what's my favourite bit? Uh, it's it's hard to it not keep being Marvick Chen because he's so good. Uh, I never had the pleasure of meeting Kevin Stony. Oh, I'd like to have done that. Um, they're not notches on your bedpost, Toby. No, but it's it's not a competition. I know. I know. It would just have been nice to nice to meet him but lots of other Doctor Who fans met him and i sure told him how brilliant he was and he was probably bemused by the whole lot of us. Um, but what a good actor he was. Um, and extraordinary that that, 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 that you know, Doctor Who probably had the best of him in the sense that lots of people have been brilliant in Doctor Who have had great careers outside. Kevin Stoney had a perfectly decent career, but I think Doctor Who had the best of him and he had the, the best of his work in, in Doctor Who, which is interesting. That's not not often the case with people that aren't regulars. Um Um, and you know there are guest stars who have given good guest turns but have been you know equally good good elsewhere and I know Kevin Stone has done good work elsewhere I've never seen him do anything as good as Tobias Vaughan and 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 Mavic Chen Mavic Chen Um, uh, so or of high status I've seen you know he's in some high status productions like uh, High Claudius and things Um, but you know he's he's a he, he you know he's a, he's much more of a supporting player than the, than the you know obvious lead guest lead he is uh, in in certainly in Master Plan and, and the invasion anyway i just love i'm i'm want it noted for the record i adore kevin stoney um and he's not just a good villain he's one of the greatest villains in in all of doctor who um, uh, so, well, he's two of their greatest for Linsenor Doctor too because he's brilliant as Tobias Vaughan as well. So, uh, but this is all, uh, what do I like best about this? I do like the sort of, the panic that Chen instills in the Daleks. I really did like that dynamic that they had going on there. Um, I also like, you know, the, I, I like the fact that we don't quite know what the Vision's extermination effect would have looked like. And the fact that we've got little bits of evidence of that, but we don't know entire, And we kind of know how it was attempted. And we've, we've got a visual representation of, of the filming of it, but we still, it's still sort of tantalising. That's not about a story so much, is it? That's about our archaeology of, of putting it back together. Um Shall I? I'm going to say the, the 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 fact that the the way that the Daleks react to Marvic Chen, uh, that the, the fact that he's starting to unsettle them a little bit, and the fact that they are very different as a result of his, the dynamic that they have with him. Which I, I'm aware that a lot of my favourite things are Marvin Chen things, but I think he's such a big mover in the story that they're all I'm not. They're all they're all different things, I hope that I'm suggesting, because I think it's a bit of a cheat to say the visions when I don't actually know what they look like. And, and part of it is it's a, it, it's appeal post post broadcast. And actually, the, it's the, partially to do with the fact that we don't have it to see now, et cetera, et cetera, which is still a legitimate thing. I mean, you know, Simon Gerrier chose the fact that we don't know what the fight scene is like in Evil of the Daleks. It's his thing for Evil of the Daleks. For there's no rules, There's no rules to this. But I'm going to I'm going to choose the, 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 the yes the dynamic between Chen and the Daleks and the fact that that he makes them unsettled and a little bit screecher and a little bit panicier. I like that. I like because it, it gives the whole thing, which has been boiled down to just you know the the, the regular characters that we have in this story, uh, it, it 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 means that it keeps it interesting when there's no new sort of external st- stimulus in the storytelling and the dynamics. I don't think Ian's chosen that. Um, let's see what Ian's chosen. Ian MacLachlan, venerable Doctor Who fan. Uh,
1: then Coronas uh, of the Sun, um, the ending of Counterplot seemed to be, that was it. The Doctor and his friends were defeated and you thought for the first few minutes of the episode that that was what was going to happen, that something dusty was going to happen to them. But then there was the battle, the battle between the Daleks and the Visions, and amid the fire from the Daleks, you saw glimpses of what the Visions were. It's interesting that uh, not long after the Doctor Who story, The Ark, um, contained much more kindly um, invisible aliens. But the Visions and the battle with the Daleks was my highlight
0: of that episode. Oh, he, he said that there was the battle, but he, and we caught a glimpse. You were there, Ian. What did they look like? You oh, I must interrogate him. Um, I have hoped he was just, because he went, it's interesting. And they started talking about the arc. I thought he was going, it's interesting because they look just like Max Bygraves in a hat. Um, we know they look like a, a man in a sack, but I, yeah, anyway, um, Ian is lucky enough to have seen whatever glimpses we saw of the visions in that any of us that uh, were born post- um, December 1965, uh, we'll have not, um, oh, yes. Uh, so coronas are the outer rings of the sun, by the way, they're the outer rings of the sun, um, which I don't think has got anything to do with the episode title, uh, with the episode, has it, um, it's one of those episode titles, they're, they're interesting, aren't they, there's, a, there's some, you know, the first Dalek story, it's like the expedition, the escape, you know, the, uh, the, the the ramble uh, the uh, the the chat uh, <laughs> the exposition um and then you have ones that are sort of like all-encompassing danger like the end of tomorrow that's a it's a great title but you c- could literally call any doctor who story that because it's basically saying it's 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 threatening death you know it's a it's a different way of saying um you know huge amounts of jeopardy you know the edge of destruction and the brink of disaster essentially say uh, the same thing whereas uh, they have coronas of the sun was just that uh, it's just a sort of uh, it's just a sort of vague vague thing um, uh uh, and then you get some that, you know, do exactly what they say on the tin. You know, Devil's Planet, it's set on the the, the, the planet of the convicts, the devils who go there. Um, the Traitors is a very clever, clever title. Um, and then you get the jokey ones, don't you, that Donald Cotton does like Small Profit, Quick Return and a Holiday for the Doctor. Um, there's a podcast to be had in the different uh, Doctor Who episode titles, which is odd because I see them as slightly different from story titles, which are are much more traditional, I would say, in in. Certainly in classic Who, they've, they've, they've started to sort of mess around with them a little bit, and they don't mind having the odd, uh, the odd uh, 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 sort of slightly obscure, abstract one in 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 more modern Who, particularly sort of post post RTD, I guess. But uh, I'm thinking off the top of my head now. There are there is lots to be said about Doctor Who titles. I myself i m- much prefer your old uh, terror of the autons planet of evil you know the 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 there the, was the, the although i like the hungry earth more than frontios no, i'm not a great fan of the the single planet bid me desk uh, title this is a whole different conversation but i suppose it's because coronas of the sun uh did did it have anything to do there's nothing there was nothing in that story that was about that um it's just like, it may as well have called it supernovas or, uh, uh, yeah, um, the airless vacuum or s- space. Um, but anyway, next week we have a great story title because it's the Feast of Stephen. A good King Wenceslas less looked out on the Feast of Stephen, but it's Stephen the Companion. Uh, well, that's a very nice little comic twisteroo. Uh, but there are some delights in store for episode 7 of the Daleks Master Plan, Doctor Who's first Christmas special. That will be, <laughs> that will be, uh, I will be breaking the fourth wall with you uh, when we do that next time. But for now, a, a very happy January the 6th to all you uh, Coronas of the Sun at home. Ta-ta! Thank you so much for listening to Happy Times and Places, which is presented by me, Toby Haydock, And my special guest this time around is Ian K. McLachlan. Thanks very much to all the patrons who make these podcasts possible, and they include Chris Davies, Hugh Davies, Robert Davies, that's three Davies in one sentence, makes me seem like it, you get the gist, Ian Dean, Tim Dickinson, Paul Dykes. Andrew East, Andrew Egan, Mark Findlay-Smith, Chris Fone, David Gillespie, Charles Gears, Lisa Gledhill, Robin Groen, Paul J. Guest, Thomas Guerrier, Susan Harrison, Steve Hatcher, Duncan Harvey, Ronald Hayden, Stephen Hill, Chris Hyam, Simon Hodges, Sam Hollingsworth, Matthew Hooliston, Darren Howard, Gregory Hudson, David Hughes, Paul Ingerson, and Robert Jewell, not the Daleky one, he's dead. The music was by Dave Gates, and the artwork by Dylan Patterson. Didn't need to sound glib when I said that uh, Robert Jewell, the Dalek operator, was dead, but I was running out of time and I needed to make the distinction. Although I'm sure none of you really thought. Well, one of his patrons is Robert Jewell, the Dalek operator, but one of my patrons isn't Robert Jewell, the Dalek operator. But isn't it nice that one of the patrons does have the same name as the Dalek operator there are some of my patrons who have the same name as uh Doctor Who illustrious Doctor Who folk who who are illustrious Doctor Who folk I'm thinking of you uh Paul Cornell I'm thinking of you um Peter Harness um and then others uh, like Stephen Moffat who have the same name as illustrious Doctor Who people who are not that person at all but uh, oh the mystery is in who's who if I hadn't just given the mystery away. This bit should be the post-credit stuff, really. I've got it arse about tit because this is the bit where I'm supposed to go, please, can you be a patron? Whether your name's the same as that of somebody who's been involved in the production of Doctor Who or not. And you can do that by going to patreon.com forward slash Toby Haydoke. Tiers start from as little as £3 a month. It's fairly egalitarian. You get most of the bonus stuff on that lowest tier and that includes exclusive material special access and definitely definitely early releases you're way further ahead of the hoi polloi if you are a patron now obviously i know that times are tough financially and not everyone can afford or is indeed inclined and that's fair enough to do the monthly thing but you can uh, do the other option, which is to go to kofi.com forward slash Toby And then, uh, just uh, when you're so inclined or when you're feeling flush or when I sound particularly malnourished, uh, you can uh, sling me uh, whatever um, level of cash injection you so desire. Um, but look, as I say, I know times are tough. And if you do not wish to or cannot support these financially, I'm just grateful to you. For listening, to be perfectly honest, these have been going over a year now, and they're still getting a hefty amount of downloads, and for that, I'm very grateful. But what really helps to separate these podcasts from the myriad of other Doctor Who podcasts out there is if you give them five stars on iTunes and a couple of positive lines of review. Those have stalled a bit recently, so if you could go and do that, that'd be marvellous. <laughs> So two Anthony Carrolls I thought there were two Richard Pateys as well But there was actually just one And he'd um, he'd accidentally paid twice Sorry Richard, thanks Um, But we've sorted that out now (laughs) Uh, But uh, it's nice seeing all the different names And I I sort of have I have an image of what you all look like Um, And uh, probably completely wrong Um, But I am nonetheless Very grateful to you all Especially those of you who uh, listen to right at the end here Some of you are pseudonyms as well And I'll p- perhaps never know your real names um, But anyway um, Aren't names a wonderful thing And yes Sydney Wilson and Robin Bland They are uh, they are pseudonyms they're, they're, It's not just a coincidence that I have <laughs> A couple of uh, couple of patrons uh, who just happen to have the same name as famous Doctor Who pseudonyms although I'm looking forward to James Stoker from leamington Spa uh, <laughs> or Roy Tremelli from Wigan uh, but uh, that has not yet happened anyway whatever your name is and whoever you are uh, it's uh, it's I um, you know I'm, I'm very grateful and flattered and touched by the whole patronage thing and it's really awkward having to do the old uh, cap in hand thing. Do you know that's where the word handicapped comes from my partner is disabled and she was looking into the uh uh you know the the all of the language that surrounds disability and we've got in our in our downstairs loo we have you know we have uh, lots of leaflets for you know invalid chairs you don't use that word anymore because it's invalid you know and yes uh, handicapped came from cap in hand because the only way that uh disabled people could make money was to lie in the streets with their caps in their hands for for money so um yeah i just thought well oh, there we go that's quite interesting isn't it um yeah, and there are other words of course that have just that since now not acceptable at all um but there we go um so listen there we go that was uh that was a little bit of as close as i'll get to being qi i guess <laughs> well there we go shut up toby all right bye